G'day race fans and vagrants, how are we all doing? Uh, I'm back with a uh, prolonged tale to tell about Cape Epic, so let's get into it. So, where do I start? This is a bit of a involved one. Uh, those that know uh, would realise I'm on the far side of what should have been uh, my Everest, my greatest ever race challenge in South Africa at the 2022 Cape Epic. But whilst I am on the other side of the date, I did not return to Australia with my legs ripped off and my lungs scarred for life and great memories. I came back empty-handed. Um, I guess the easiest way to put it is uh, it turned into a bit of a farce. Uh, things that were out of my hands. So the rundown is as follows. Um, Got my teammate all sorted out via the interwebs. His uh, wife, a South African lady, had found him uh, looking for a teammate, him being from Switzerland and me being from Australia, and uh, sort of got us talking to each other. So we made a few phone calls and emails and Skypes and uh, what have you, and decided, yep, this is a good idea, we're a good fit, and this was, oh God, six months ago um, I then proceeded to keep training and put into place everything that I needed to do to get through uh, what I thought I would need to get through anyway with the new teammate so got some custom team kit ordered got some um, all the entries sorted um, nutrition stuff worked out uh, between us. Uh, he went through and organised accommodation and a mechanic and uh, the mechanic was a bit of a bonus. He was a mechanic slash cook slash uh, general dog's body rouseabout slash transport guys. Um, so we kind of had uh, a proper what a almost professional feeling team in that um, and I wouldn't expect you all to know, but Cape Epic, um, for most people when they get over there, they start at the start of the race, and as each day goes and each stage goes, and you finish, you go back to Park Ferme, to the, the campground as it were, and everybody, every rider, as part of their entry, gets a little, they call it a one-man tent, it's one-and-a-half-man tent, really, one-and-a-half-person tent, if someone's gonna get pedantic about it. Um, little bit bigger than a single man and it's not quite a two-man tent um, where you can fit yourself they give you a mattress but you've got to bring all your bedding um, the nights actually get quite cool at that time of the year over in South Africa so um, you need to also think about what lighting you bring charging systems if you've got phones or anything GPS's or whatever um, and then sleeping clothes 
uh, stuff to clean up in between uh, toiletries and all that, and you can uh, basically stay in these tents. Um, they're being a tent, it's right on the ground, so um, when you get back in after a huge day of smashing yourself to bits, you've got to, with cramping and sunburnt and tired legs, you've got to ease yourself down into these things. So getting up and down regularly to go and get food or go to the toilet or whatever is a bit of a challenge. So I thought uh, I'd really hit the gold mine when um, the first two stages, I think it was, of Cape Epic this year was close to Stellenbosch. So my teammate and his wife had a house in Stellenbosch. They lived there for about four months of the year give or take or on and off um, so we didn't need to I won't say well I guess stoop down to the tent thing because you'd have to stoop down to get in the damn things but it's not that it's a bad thing but we had a bit more luxury there and someone to clean the bikes and do everything for us so that was all good uh, the next three or four days was uh, held in different race courses at a, an area that was quite a ways away called Grayton and we'd organised a, like an Airbnb style house out there so that wasn't so bad um, same thing, we'd have nice beds, we'd have aircon, Wi-Fi, hot showers, cooking utensils so on and so forth, everything was under control and then the race looped back around for the last three odd days close to Stellenbosch so once again we had a, a house go back to the house and that would have been fine too Anyway, so that all looked absolutely spot on. Um, took off from Australia and um, I got as far as uh, Qatar. And when I landed, I had a little message from my teammate saying the mechanic had tested positive for COVID. So they'd stuck him in, a, in his room and they were, you know, putting trays of food out and just whilst he was feeling a bit off he didn't think he was that bad but he did test for it so um, my teammate generously actually offered to pay for a hotel room for a night or two when I first touched down just to make sure the threat of getting sick was gone and um, I'm good with that he tested negative and his wife tested negative so it was maybe they caught it in time or what have you or possibly a false positive so anyway jumped on the that was a bit of a worry but uh, I jumped on the plane at Qatar and flew down straight down to Cape Town um, and arrived at 6am in the morning pouring rain and quite cool which was very strange but um, South Africa being what it was the the rain was predicted to go away at two o'clock and bang on two o'clock it went away and it was really really nice so that was all fine but um, my teammate, uh, when I touched down, he actually met me at the airport and picked me up. And he said um, he hasn't tested positive any further. He's been had two or three tests and he's negative and he's feeling good. So he said, just to be safe, stay at the hotel for a day or two and we'll ride together and get start getting prepped. But, you know, just in case there's something hanging around, not, not the dreaded vid, but something else. So I thought that was good. And... Um, yeah, he put me up in a hotel that was actually fairly close to their house, which was cool. Um, unpacked everything, met them that afternoon, and we all went for a ride, to which I promptly rode like a dog. Um, 
it's like somebody had turned the tap off 50%. I just had nothing. It was, well, for me anyway. Uh, we went for a ride and I lagged behind a bit here and there and I really wasn't dead happy about that. But um, I knew it wasn't me, so I wasn't at that stage. That was on a Monday. Um, I wasn't really all that worried. Um, and the teammate and his wife, she's a rider too. Um, all And everybody basically said, oh, look, you're probably a bit jet-lagged. Don't worry about it. And thinking about it, I don't really get jet-lagged normally, but when it comes to sporting performance, you know, if you knock 5% off just from the travel side of things, it really slows you down. So that was probably it, even though it felt like 50%. So I thought, yep, fair enough. Anyway, the next day... Um, grabbed all my stuff from the hotel and loaded up in the car, went to his place um, and then we went for another ride and I didn't quite ride like a dog, maybe a small puppy. I didn't ride very well but I rode better than the day before and I was, I was still off the pace but it was coming back and I could feel it and that was alright. And about halfway through the ride he sort of said, you know, are you sure you're going to be alright? You sure we're going to finish this? We might have to start making plans for you know, what if we don't finish or we go super long? And I said, look, I, I know my body and I know how far behind I am at the moment. And um, I'm on the way back. I'm not worried about it. I don't think you've got anything to worry about it. Um, let's let's just keep plugging away. We're all good. And that seemed to satisfy him and everybody. And we we're into it. So that was on the Tuesday. On the Wednesday, got up again, went for another ride and feeling better yet again still not quite myself and still a tiny bit off but yeah I could feel it come back so I wasn't really worried we had a good ride um, the trails over there are really something else um, there were baboons screeching there were eland which is a like a really big sort of deer looking thing it was kind of cool there was all these other weird things out bashing around in the bush that kind of put the wind up you when you heard the noises but um, you didn't really know what was making the noise you just wanted to get out of there as quick as you could but the trails themselves lots of quite techy stuff um, it was fairly warm but it was yeah really really rad some of the best trails I've ridden I think anywhere in the world honestly so yeah uh, on that third day and I'd noticed the night before and then that morning that the the wife and my teammate weren't really seeing eye to eye on a few things. I couldn't quite work out what, but what do I know? Stay out of it. Um, there was some sort of weird tension going on and I just went, well, I'm here to race and, you know, nothing has been asked of me about this, so let's get on with it. And, um, yeah, we did that third ride and once again getting better and I was, I was starting to feel here we go that was the Wednesday prologue wasn't until the Sunday so I still had plenty of time to come back and yep not a worry and then um, this is where it all went wrong so on the Wednesday night um, we were getting ready for dinner and his wife was basically just completely ghosting me and I couldn't work that out but it didn't really worry me I was concentrating on the race kind of had my blinkers on and the uh, mechanic was quiet but not really what I would call a worry in any way um, we, we'll still get along fine and we're getting it done and then um, 
he sat down on the Wednesday night just before dinner with me and said, this isn't going to work. And I, I thought he was referring to, you know, he didn't think I was coming good fast enough, to which I said, no, look, you know, I'm fine. It's, it's coming. I know what I can do and I'm almost there. And if you're riding the way you are and I'm coming back to where I need to be, we'll be fine. And he said, no, 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 the, the partnership's not going to work. I'm like, righto, how's, how's that work? And he, he said, uh, me and my wife are, are fighting and we've, we never, we've been married for 20-something years and we never fight. So in the back of my, my head, I'm thinking, what's that got to do with me? But righto. And he said, the first time ever. And he didn't actually say it's because you're in the house, but effectively he said, we've got a problem with you. And he was um, not, I sort of appreciate that he's a black and white guy, that he doesn't mince his words, but um, by the same token, um, there is room for being a bit tactful about things and that went out the window and he just said, look, you know, there's, there's tension and when it comes down to it, we met on the internet as a team. Uh, we don't really know each other. This is my house. I don't like tension in my house, so I'm gonna ask you to leave. To which I was completely blindsided and thought, well, basically, what the fuck? And I went, righto, well, and I said, look, I don't want to be the one responsible if you're, you know, there's tension in the house. I don't want to be the reason for that, but, you know, what are we going to do about that? And he said, well, I, I think you should go and get a hotel room. And um, I'm like, right. So at the back of, back of my head, I'm thinking there's an extra cost. I'm already about 19, 20 grand into this trip. Um, and 20,000 bucks isn't a small amount of money, and I thought, my first thought is great extra cost, but I'm here now, so, well, let's do that. And I said, so what's what's your idea then? And he said, well, go and do that, spend a couple of nights at the hotel, and see if, we'll see if the household feels better for you not being here. And he said, uh, and then we can sort of go from there. I said, well, if, I, if we're not riding together, you know, what are we doing? He said, oh, well, look, you know, maybe even though, you know, you're not in the house, we could possibly, and he, it's kind of a passive aggressive or a backhanded slap that, you know, if you really want to, we could probably try and ride together and make it work, you know, just the riding side of things, um, just to get through, if you think we can get through. And it was a real sort of low blow grab at, you know, effectively um, jumping on my coattails because with the way Cape Epic works, you've got one rider that's got an entry and then if the other rider doesn't have an entry, they've got to come in off your coattails. So he said, you know, look, if you really want to ride together, and back in my head, I, I thought, well, you, you just, you clearly don't want to ride with me, so why would I want to ride with you? Like after all of this chat, and I was feeling pretty down about it, and a bit pissed off, to be honest. And I said, um, right, I will, this is obviously at night, I'll pack my bags and I'll go and find a hotel somewhere, wherever. And he said, see if you can get the, the one that you were at before and it was all sold out. And I found another one. And I said, right, I will go and do that. And he said, well, don't do it tonight, stay the night because it's getting late and have dinner and, you know, we'll do that in the morning. I'll drop you off and, you know, spend a couple of nights at the hotel room and we'll, um, yeah, work out what we're doing. So that was a really fucking awkward night. So I packed all my shit and got it all ready and stayed up late. 
and I thought about my options and almost straight away I figured I just don't want to ride with this guy um, I, I did not want to be around negativity or uncertainty or, or whatever and I thought I've spent four years getting here I really don't want a shit experience to be honest um, but then uh, that brought its own new set of problems so um, for Cape Epic you cannot ride solo so I couldn't just ditch him and then front up at the start line on my own and try and get through the other thing is I wouldn't want it that race is insane in terms of physical demands mental demands uh, a bunch of other logistical demands that you need a teammate to really try and get through together and if it all falls apart once you're one two five whatever stages into it uh, of the eight stages or seven stages in a prologue then you can you know see if you can soldier on solo if you like um, but you have to start with someone and I, that was the way I wanted to do it I just didn't want to start with him after the way they carried on so I basically got a hold of the the race organizers and said have you got anybody that's looking for a teammate uh, I've run into a bit of a problem and they put me in contact with a couple of people one wasn't going to work at all and the other one was I felt like it was barely going to work and I said let me think about it and um, anyway so I, I had a late night packing all my stuff up getting ready to go to the new hotel thought about it and um, couldn't really see a way out of that initially so I thought I'll get up in the morning and do a bit more research um, got up in the morning and promptly got offloaded unceremoniously to the hotel room and uh, with the sort of yep we'll see you later and you know let me know what you want to do I'm like cool and I, I didn't want to be a dick about things so I just went yep fine see you later talk to you later whatever so I went to the hotel room and I spent a bit more time and it dawned on me it was just not logistically a smart manoeuvre to start a race of that magnitude hardest race in the world with somebody I would have had to have met two or three days beforehand never ridden with no idea and the chances of us getting through would be what I would call minimal um, some would might say none um, so um, yeah I basically thought it out and did all the maths and realized I couldn't race the Cape Epic it just wasn't gonna work um, and I, I probably had 24 hours of soul searching and looking around to try and work it out and I was pretty pissed off and then it just dawned on me this shit isn't going to work so to be honest I made my peace with it and I rang home and talked to everybody and my travel agent and everybody just I, I said look I just got to get home I'm screwed there's nothing I can do so everybody got about work to, to get me back a little bit early like a week and a half two weeks early actually two and a half weeks early nearly um, and I sent a message to the ex teammate now and said fucking good luck go and find someone and he said well I can't do it without an entry back of my head I thought well that's your fucking issue but the entries are very very expensive so I said to him if you can find someone that will ride with you 
at short notice, get them to pay me something for my entry, and it's very traditional that people at last minute just pay just peanuts to get an entry for people that have to bail out and try and make something back. And at that stage, he also owed me for all the custom team kit, which was about two and a half thousand bucks that I'd paid for his kit. I, I got mine and I kept mine. It is what it is. Um, but he hadn't paid me for his and I had a very, very expensive entry. I think the entry, once you did the conversion, was about eight and a half thousand bucks Australian. Um, so he wound up digging somebody up who was maybe stupid enough to ride with him or just wanted to do to get through as well. Um, and I sent him the bill for the kit and I said, whoever your teammate is, here's my bank details. Tell him to pay me a fair price and we'll see what we can do. And good luck to you. And that was pretty much the end of the conversation. There was a couple little backwards and forwards, but nothing really. So, got a few more rides in and around Stellenbosch. Um, while I was waiting for my flights to be brought forward, packed everything up and promptly got the fuck out of Dodge and flew back. Um, I think I landed on the Saturday night, Saturday afternoon. Try to think of how it worked. Might have been the, no, the Sunday night uh, in Australia. Um, just as the bloody prologue was happening where I would have been rolling down the ramp if it had all worked. Um, that was a bit of a kick in the guts, but surprisingly, I think I'd, I'd made some pretty good headway with it. So I was done and dusted, and I jumped in the car, loaded the, my bikes, or my bike and all my kit up and all the bags and everything, and drove home and slept like a log, and I'm... Right now, I'm chalking it up to experience. Um, main lesson learned is do not race with someone you don't know. I think there's races where you can do that. I think there's little races where you can just team up with somebody, high five, let's see if we can get through this, and if we don't, well, no big deal. But I'm not showing up at the biggest race in the world after four years of prep work and setting everything out and getting screwed on it and just trying to make it piece together because that's not the race to do it. And as it turns out, um, if you talk to the event organisers and all of the athletes that did race it, it comes down to being called the hardest race they've done in at least 10 years in terms of a course and climbing and conditions and all the rest. So maybe I sidestepped a super tough course, but that actually makes it worse for me because I'd, I'd have more pride in finishing you know, a super tough course. So, But... Um, Two of my buddies back in Canberra uh, have both said, let, let us work at it training-wise and maybe we can look at doing that later. And I'd do it with either of them in a heartbeat. And one of my mates who was the main inspiration to go across there, or one of the two guys, um, he's actually over in the States at the moment uh, for a little while, but he said, uh, ex-professional rider, and he said, you know, when I get back from the States, he's over there for a year or two, he said, I'll be your handbrake and I'll ride around with you. Maybe you'd consider that, which I actually took that as a huge honour because there's no way A's handbrake guys so fast, but so experienced, and I'd, I'd love that too. So I've got a few offers there. Now I've got to work out, is it worth going back to South Africa? Because first time around that I went over, loved it. Second time I went over was the COVID shutdown, which was just bullshit, and I 
there was nothing good about that trip really. Um, this time over, it was actually, in the grand scheme of things, it was actually a reasonably good trip. It was too, sh- too short, didn't get to race, did get to ride, got to learn some more about the place. Um, but I'm a little gun shy, to be honest, of going again. And the, the financial outlay that I've endured is rather enormous. Um, oh, and as a little side note, the ex-teammate, uh, after the event was over a week and a half later, did actually pay me for the team kit, and his new teammate gave me a few bucks for the entry, which made it, at least I covered the team kit, uh, and I kind of got a few dollars back on the entry, but I think when I look back at it, I'm basically about $16,000 out of pocket for a nice flight over there and a couple of days riding. <laughs> but, yeah, um, once I've recovered from that financially, whether I revisit it or not, it's still the pinnacle event. It's, um, if you spent your life trying to go to Mount Everest and then at the last minute they swapped all your Sherpas around, gave you a whole new setup and said, you can't climb when you want to climb and you can't climb with who you want to climb, bit of bad luck that, make it up as you go, but there's the mountain and you decided to go, screw that, I'm going to go climb Mount Kilimanjaro or Mount Kosciuszko or something, because that will do, it's still not Everest, so I have to either make peace with, I'm just not going back, I'm not built for that race, or I will go back and do it again, but all in good time, and I really don't know where I'm at at the moment, Um, there are plenty of other very cool um, challenges out there, so maybe South Africa is just not for me um we shall see so there's a nearly half an hour of uh proper rambling from the road to give you um what has happened in the last month um that was less than cool so you all have to full fill in now make it that what you will but um i always say onwards and upwards and that's what we've got to do Right, you've copped a new bashing about that. On to the next thing. Uh, what else has happened in the last little bit of time? Um, Vladimir Putin is a piece of shit, and I don't think anybody except for him and his henchmen think it's a good idea that he's gone and invaded the Ukraine. Complete dickhead move. There seems to be a lot of toing and froing about uh, who knows what about this, but I think the world is in agreement that it's a crap move. He's enough of a psycho to threaten, and he has, to use nuclear weapons if he doesn't get his way, like a child throwing the toys out of the basket. But I think when it comes down to it, um, the world can condemn him all they want to say he's doing a crap thing but he's just going to keep on doing it because he's got the money and the power and the ego and yeah it's just rubbish so um, I don't know how you stop this guy I can see why Trump liked him because they're both 
egomaniacs as much one as the other, so uh, good luck to him, but I hope somebody takes a pot shot at him and bolts him off the top step and nobody presses the button and everybody's good, so don't know how that's going to work. It's a mess. Um, there is a new version of COVID, um, Omicron uh, TX, DX, um, XP, sounds like a Windows version or something, um, kind of getting sick of this shit, and it's kind of like Windows, that everybody wants to know what operating system you're running and how old it is, and there's a new one coming, and have you done the update yet? It's uh, so over it. Um, there'll be a bunch of hoopla around this one too, I'm sure, and I guess we just have to see what idiots fall for it. And it's, uh, from what I've heard, it's nothing, and they've just given it a new name because it's a new strain, but uh, I think everybody's still so far over this that it's just not funny. So, yeah, there's that too. Uh, it's Easter time here. If I'd planned the screw-up from South Africa a little bit better, I would have gone up to Alice Springs and raced the Easter Classic four-day event up there, which is an absolute cracker. I did it last year. But to be honest, can't get my head back into racing at the moment, so screw it. Um, not going to make it up there for that one. And Easter means people eating way too much chocolate eggs and so on and so forth. For me... It's uh, more about preparing all of my stuff to move house. Um, I've, I've got to box up 14 or 15 bikes to get up there, which is a trailer load in its own. Um, I'll get back to you on that one, but uh, I think rough estimates is going to be about 120 dollars to $140,000 worth of bikes that I have to take up um, before doing the actual house move. So. That's going to be a little bit interesting. Um, I'm keeping my options open as to if there's some other racing on. I think uh, me and my teammate Jose are going up to a place called Awaba. Uh, we rode there around about this time last year or a little bit later. Um, and that was heaps and heaps and heaps of fun. We're going up for a four-hour um, marathon race up there this time next week. So that's probably going to be good just to get out stretch legs. I'm not going to go well at all. Um, I'm just going to float around, do my four hours solo and do some jumps and do some skids and have some fun and just slowly start getting my head back in the game. One thing to look forward to, uh, another mate of mine, Marty, who is coming off some really shit luck with some um, surgeries and things like that, but he's slowly getting back into it. He is going to team up with me at the, this point in time. The plan is to go up to Cairns in far north Queensland and race a four-day event up there called the Reef to Reef, which is actually part of the Epic series, but um, nowhere near as nuts as uh, the Epic. It is a qualifier, but I don't think we're going up there with any great illusions of grandeur that we're going to qualify. But, um, yeah, it's just going to be nice to go up that's not until August when it's really bloody cold in the rest of the country, really. So Cairns is going to be quite bearable, a whole lot warmer, but not too warm and not too muggy. And I think we'd 
we're going to treat that one a little bit more as a holiday go up ride bikes in between and yeah so there's that too um, the travel side of things seems to be loosening up a little bit here um, Western Australia who were the, the biggest uh, holdouts to drop all their travel ban bullshit seem, they seem to have come on board and I suppose we're only ever one um, stupid scare away from them shutting borders down or anybody else and getting back to it I noticed the cruise vessels uh, the international cruise vessels anyway which we did have a big issue with one of them when COVID was really kicking off but it's back to international cruising into and out of Australia as of this weekend. Um, me, I'm not a real fan of the idea of cruising. I don't really have any designs on it. Um, don't know if you've cruised and enjoyed it or if you've cruised and not enjoyed it or if you have no desire to cruise, but I'm not really. There's a couple of interesting ones. Alaska, New Zealand, maybe the... the cool one over in Hawaii that goes from island to island, which is a fair space in between those. Um, that might be something I could maybe go for, but I'm certainly not looking forward to that. Um, or the idea of that, like I'm not chasing it down. But um, And what else? There's a federal election on, so you vote for the Muppet you dislike the least out of the two that are running. Effectively, there's yes, there are others running, but um, you've got to be realistic about this. That it's only it's a two-horse race, seriously. Um, so you just do yeah, your due diligence, and hopefully the one that you vote for makes makes it in and makes the right calls, or you vote for who you think is the right one. And turns out they're a megalomaniac and live by the sword, die by the sword, and then hopefully vote them out again for the next one. But I think because Australian politics has been so rubbish for so long, um, the guy that we've got in now is the first Prime Minister that we've had for, I don't know how long, that's actually gone full term without getting kicked out. So it shows you how rubbish we've been. Um, yeah, doesn't really mean much, does it? So I guess we can't point fingers at uh, any of the other countries that have been crap because we haven't really done a great job of it either. That said, still say this is the best country in the world, so um, you can agree to disagree with me on that one wherever you might be, but yeah, Australia rocks. Uh, one thing that has been good that uh, when I got back from the ill-fated trip that uh, I jumped onto the gravel bike uh, where I'm living at the moment and got reacquainted with the, the local roads, which I knew from many, many, many eons ago, um, and just have enjoyed being out. And finally, we've, we've actually got some good weather here, because that's one thing that I think most people know, Australia has been effectively underwater uh, with massive flooding for the last couple of months, um, and it's been really messy. Um, but the just before the weather turns proper cold which traditionally is about a week away uh, Anzac Day 
25th of April. Uh, it's kind of our version of Punxsutawney Phil over in the States that if you get a frost before Anzac Day, then it's going to be a really long winter. If you get a frost after Anzac Day, where well, you got lucky and hopefully it's a bit of a shorter one, but the cold is coming. Um, good time to move up north, yay. But um, yeah, surprisingly, for the last week or two, it's actually been quite nice weather. I wouldn't call it hot, but it's been warm. It's been better than bearable. It's short, short sleeve weather going out and getting the tan lines are being maintained, not improved on necessarily, but um, yeah, it's been gorgeous. So that's been an upshot. Um, did manage to sneak in because I got back early and quarantined for as long as I had to and that was all good. But uh, I did manage to get to um, World Time Attack, to which uh, a friend's car set the uh, world record in their class, which was cool. I actually hurt the engine, so they couldn't defend the title of the fastest lap on the day. But the fastest lap is like a shootout thing. Whoever wins that at the end of the day, even though it's not fastest outright, it's just who can qualify and, and get through at the end of the day. So to finish first, first show to finish, which was a bit of bad luck on their behalf, but uh, world record lap, so that'll hold until next year, I'd imagine, and then hopefully they'll break it again um, rather than anybody else. That was cool to see. Um, there are a number of uh, very cool things happening there and stories, that sort of thing. Uh, did get to hang out with the workshop team, which was fun and just generally have a day off dicking around with all the high-octane fun that is cars. So that was all right. Um, that's been probably, from my limited little bubble, uh, my fish tank view of the world, that's pretty much what I've run into. So um, now it's just a matter of surviving the Easter craziness on the roads where everybody is driving like they read Braille. Um, it's, yeah, it's been absolutely bonkers, but what do you do? Um, and just enjoy a bit of time off. And like I said, I'm packing to move. Um, so I suppose I better get back to that, do a little bit of that before... Um, going, oh god, what are we, 650k's north um, from where the house is now to where the house, new house will be. Um, I've successfully sold the house that we were in down south um, and got an incredible price for that, which I will take, but uh, it wasn't the absolute top dollar, but I sold it to some friends that I'm very happy about and they're very happy about so I'd rather look after them than try and make a lot of more money from somebody I don't know so that's easy so yeah that's about uh, where we're up to at this end at the moment so that's plenty of rambling from the road I don't think I'm going to chew your ears off any longer. Plenty to digest if you can be bothered. Or you might just skip over it and get on to something else. Plenty of other good podcasts out there. Actually, there's plenty of good podcasts out there. And then there's mine. So, 
not very consistent, it's probably not all that interesting, don't know, but I can see a few of you are playing things, so something must work. Um, still haven't worked out, speaking of podcasts, uh, with this one, if there's any way for people to send in what they do or don't like, I don't think there is, I think it's just a matter of, if you don't like it, you don't play it, and maybe I pay attention and see the plays go down, or I, honestly, I don't really watch it, because I do, I will admit that I do this more for my peace of mind and you guys just tune in and have a laugh or hate on me or whatever you do but um, I should probably get a hold of the platform maker and say is there a way for people to you know thumbs up thumbs down I do believe that there is a way people can share it but I don't actually know if it gets shared or not anyway by the by, not really a, a big pressing issue. Uh, I may, in the grand scheme of things, be in the top, I don't know, 500,000 podcasts that are available. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't even looked at it. I don't even know where, if I rate it all. Actually, I, I believe, I can't remember, but there's, I can't remember how many millions, like 1.3 million podcasts or something currently in the world. I think so. I heard somebody mention once before. So I, I'm, if I'm lucky I'm in the top 1.2 million. <laughs> Fuck. Who knows who cares. Anyway, um, so that's about me for my ramblings from the road. Um, oh, one very last thing. Um, one of my Muay Thai inspirations, John Wayne Park. Um, Wayne had his last fight. For retirement, sadly didn't go out with a win, so he's got 99 wins uh, on his belt, didn't quite get the Magic 100, but went really close, and it was an awesome fight, and it was hugely respectful, and it was, yeah, it brought a tear to the eye when he finished up, put his gloves in the ring, and that was that, so, um, absolute warrior, so, um, I've told him as much, he knows that from me, and everybody else, he's known by millions of people around the world, um, yeah, if you don't know who he is, look up John Wayne Parr. His real name's Wayne Parr, but there's a story in that. Um, and if you get the chance, and I think it's on YouTube now um, for a couple of different reasons, but if you look up um, John Wayne Parr, Blessed with Venom, um, you can see a story that he put together a little while ago that's absolutely amazing um, and still holds true from when it was released, which was a little while ago now, all the way up to now. Whilst there's been other things happen, the storyline's been good. So um, that guy, absolutely amazing. So big props out to J-Dub. Yeah, I'm quitting rambling. I'm getting on with my Easter break. You guys go and eat way too much chocolate. Make yourself sick. Um, have a coffee or three for me. Um, tell your mum you love her. Patch dogs. Be with all the people around you that are family and friends. Tell them that you love them too. Don't miss the opportunity because you never know when that disappears. And let's get on with it, eh? Onwards and upwards. See ya.